98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines. National security law for Hong Kong continues its progress through the MPC Standing Committee. Executive Counselor Ronnie Tong says he understands that the offences covered by the national security law will have a minimum sentence and police are expected to deploy up to 4,000 officers on Wednesday to deal with any potential trouble during the public holiday. The National People's Congress Standing Committee is expected to vote on the national security law for Hong Kong tomorrow as it closes its three-day meeting. The official news agency Xinhua says the draft law has been discussed and the resolution that's due to be voted on has been handed to the committee for further deliberation. But it didn't reveal any details of the draft law. Sources have told RTHK that there's no mention of retroactivity in the latest version of the draft law. Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong says he understands that the offences covered by the national security laws will have a minimum sentence and that for secession it could be set at 10 years. Senior counsel was speaking after reports suggested that the crime would carry a maximum penalty of life in prison. Mr Tong said there was a high possibility that those convicted of secession and subversion would face life in prison as that's in line with international practice. Mr Tong says the minimum sentence is not common in Hong Kong law. So, I mean, it is, a, it is rather uncommon nowadays in Hong Kong, but uh, we're here talking about a, a national law, and I believed it, it could be drafted in such a way as to be in line with most criminal codes on the mainland. It is not entirely unusual, even in common law countries, because in Hong Kong, if I remember correctly, some of the older laws that we have also have minimum sentences. But the actual effect, of course, is that it would mean that the trial judge will have less room to manoeuvre in terms of uh, punishment. Sources say police are planning to deploy up to 4,000 officers on July the 1st to deal with any potential trouble in on, on the SAR Establishment Day public holiday. Police have banned the annual protest rally that usually takes place, but there have been online calls for anti-government protesters to take to the streets. Road closures are already being imposed for Wednesday's flag-raising ceremony in Grand Bauhinia Square. A LegCo panel meeting to discuss school textbooks and teaching materials has been adjourned because of a lack of a quorum. Only 10 legislators were present, two short of the minimum. Most who attended were from the pro-Beijing camp. Education sector lawmaker Ip Kin Yoon was the only pan-Democrat. Leung Yu Chung, Chu Hoi Dick and Fernando Cheng left the meeting minutes before the time was up. Pan-Democrats challenged the decision of the panel head, New People's Party Gina Ip, to call the meeting as the matter was supposed to be discussed in a subcommittee. But the subcommittee presided over by pan-Democrat Leung Yu Chung has failed to elect a chairman since being set up in April. Mrs Ip said the pan-Democrats had the rules all wrong when they said she couldn't hold a meeting. It's uh, under the panel rules. If there was no majority, then there is no decision. So I'm free to consult members again. The question is, why are the pandemics so opposed to publicly discussing problematic textbooks and uh, materials? They cannot hide behind professional self-regulation. As taxpayers and parents and employers, we have a right to raise questions about problematic teaching materials which stir up hatred or disturb the truth. 
About 100,000 low-income families will be able to start applying for a one-off living subsidy from next month. The handout announced by the Financial Secretary last year is aimed at helping those who are neither living in public housing nor receiving welfare payments under the Comprehensive Social Security Assistance Scheme. The Secretary for Labour and Welfare, Lord Chi Kwong, says it's likely the number of people applying for the subsidy will be higher than the government originally expected, given the economic situation. It is indeed possible because of the economic downturn that can be more households becoming eligible. That is possible. If that is the case, we will know that situation very quickly. And then if there is any need for increasing the budget, we'll go back to the Commission of Poverty to deal with it. But that is quite likely. Single-person household can get $4,500, while a family of four can receive $14,500. scheme is expected to cost the government $1.1 billion. More than half a million people worldwide have now lost their lives as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. By far the worst affected country is the United States, with more than 125,000 deaths and a resurgence of cases. The Texas governor, Greg Abbott, said matters in the state had taken a very dangerous turn. Vice President Mike Pence said he felt reassured by the Texas government response. When you look at the sacrifices the American people made over all 45 days of, of uh, slow the spread, I, I think it, it demonstrated the resilience and the character of this country and, frankly, of the people of Texas. Uh, we're very confident that, uh, that we're going to get through this group of British mental health experts is calling for patients who've been critically ill from COVID-19 to be tested for post-traumatic stress disorders, as the BBC's Fergus Walsh. This working group believe the COVID-19 pandemic may pose unique features which make the problem worse, such as patients being isolated from their families during hospital admission. They estimate 30% of COVID patients who survive intensive care will have PTSD and a further 30% either anxiety disorders or depression. The group say severely ill COVID-19 patients should be monitored for at least a year. A group of more than 20 lawmakers from Taiwan's main opposition Kuomintang party have occupied the legislature overnight to protest against what they called government tyranny and the president's nomination of a close aide to a high-level watchdog. KMT began their protest in Parliament late last night, blocking entry to the main chamber with chains and chairs. It said it was protesting against the ruling Democratic Progressive Party and President Tsai Ing-wen's forcing through of bills and her nomination of her senior aide Chen Chu to head the Control Yuan government watchdog. Both the DPP and the presidential office condemned the action. The Philippine Coast Guard is searching for 14 people missing since a fishing boat and cargo vessel collided in choppy waters early yesterday morning. It wasn't clear whether the fishing boat sank and officials said the search for the 12 fishermen and two passengers from the cargo vessel was being hampered by strong waves. The collision took place about 27 kilometres off Mamburao town, south of the capital Manila. President Trump has deleted a video he shared on Twitter which sparked widespread outrage and which some members of his own Republican Party had called offensive and indefensible. In the footage, one of the president's supporters was seen shouting white power at protesters. The party's only African-American senator, Tim Scott, had been among those calling for the video to be taken down. 
the truth of the matter is when you hear things like that uh, racist chant of, oh, towards white power, we should have the same response with the same uh, type of energy that we have for those folks we've, we know have been disadvantaged for so long. We should stand up and say, that's not right. That was a terrible uh, display that I saw in, in, in that video. I watched the whole video uh, before I came on the show. The whole thing was terrible. The Mississippi State Senate has passed a resolution to replace the state flag with one without a Confederate emblem. The bill has already been passed by the House. The emblem is viewed by many as a racist symbol and its presence has been re-examined amid continuing protests against racial injustice. Jerry Mitchell from the Mississippi Center for Investigative Reporting says there's been support from different parts of the community. You had a lot of conservative religious leaders in Mississippi come out in support of taking down the flag. You had a lot of business leaders come out and like full page ad kind of thing, you know, in support of taking down a Confederate emblem of the flag. And of course, Mississippi's the last state to have it. Mississippi's Republican governor, Tate Reeves, is expected to sign the bill this week. President Trump has flatly denied that he or his close advisers were briefed on intelligence suggesting Russia covertly offered Taliban militants money to kill U.S. troops in Afghanistan last year. Described as fake news, Friday's New York Times report that he was informed but could not decide how to respond. The House Speaker, Democrat Nancy Pelosi, has said one would think the president would immediately want to know more. Speaking on NBC, the former White House security advisor, John Bolton, said Mr. Trump may be trying to distance himself from the allegations. There's obviously more to this story, but it, but it is pretty remarkable the president's going out of his way to say he hasn't heard anything about it. One, one asks, why would he do something like that? And I think the answer may be uh, precisely because uh, active Russian aggression like that against uh, the American service members is, is a very, very serious matter. And nothing's been done about it, if it's true, for these past four or five months. Moscow and the Taliban have denied any bounty transactions occurred. Britain's most senior civil servant, Sir Mark Sedwell, has announced he's stepping down from his roles as the Cabinet Secretary and National Security Adviser. Prime Minister Boris Johnson said his chief Brexit negotiator, David Frost, would take over as Security Adviser. Here's the BBC's Nick Eardley. The departure of Sir Mark Sedwell leaves a vacancy in one of the most important jobs in Whitehall, someone who works closely with the Prime Minister and those around him. Sir Mark's departure will also fuel speculation. The more widespread reform of government machinery, favoured by senior figures in Boris Johnson's government, could be on the cards as Number 10 seeks to get on the front foot after criticism of its handling of the coronavirus crisis. Boris Johnson's chief advisor, Dominic Cummings, has shown his desire to shake up the Whitehall machine, talking recently about profound and deep problems in how decisions are made and bemoaning what he sees as a lack of expertise in specific fields. short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,169. That's 391 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $78 billion. Currencies, US dollars trading at 107.14 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 12 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 58 cents. Sport now, and here's Adam Chung. There will be a familiar name on the English FA Cup this season. Manchester City, Arsenal and Chelsea all won last night and will join Manchester United in the semi-finals. 
Manchester City booked their place with a 2-0 win at Newcastle. Kevin De Bruyne opened scoring with a penalty on his 29th birthday. We knew that uh, that uh, after lockdown the the league was was gone. You know we have to be honest about that. And obviously uh, with the FA Cup and the Champions League still uh, in play, there's still a lot of things to look forward to. And uh, we're very happy we're in the semis now, so we can go back to Wembley. It's going to be be a hard game. City will face Arsenal in the semi-finals. The Gunners defeated Sheffield United 2-1. Chelsea got past Leicester 1-0 thanks to a second-half goal from Ross Barkley. They'll take on Manchester United for a place in the final. Chelsea boss Frank Lampard felt his side could have played better in the first half. We, we, yeah, I, mean, I don't think we played that badly this season uh, um, for 45 minutes. But we played a lot better than that and lost games, in fact. Um, so as I say, when I when I it looks like I'm criticising, I'm I'm actually uh, positive about the fact that that's not the norm for us. But I felt like it had to be addressed. And as I say, we'll give the players a bit of leeway because of the situation. There, these are tight turnarounds, um, and um, sometimes it's relatively understandable. So I wasn't happy with that. Um, we're not happy with that. The players want to win this game. We knew we needed more. We were fortunate not to be losing at half time, and uh, they delivered more. There was one game in the Premier League where Southampton beat Watford 3-1. Danny Ng scored twice and is within one goal of Jamie Vardy for the Premier League Golden Boot. Saints boss Ralph Hasenhutl says Ng's in great form and that's benefiting the team. He seems fitter than ever. Uh, he was very hard-working hard in, the, in the shutdown and that uh, gives him now a uh, yeah, fantastic physical. And uh, I can feel that the team is playing better now and, and uh, getting more belief in what we're doing. In Spain, Real Madrid have gone two points clear at the top of La Liga thanks to a 1-0 win over Espanyol. They've overtaken Barcelona, who dropped points on Saturday with only a draw against Celta Vigo. The NFL's New England Patriots are close to signing former MVP Cam Newton as replacement at quarterback for Tom Brady. Reports say a one-year deal worth $7.5 million U.S. million has been agreed. The Patriots had been heading into training camp without a quarterback who has NFL experience. Newton has played nine seasons with the Carolina Panthers before leaving them in March. He led them to the Super Bowl in 2015 and was named the league's MVP that season. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The national security law for Hong Kong continues its progress through the MPC Standing Committee in Beijing. Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong says he understands that the offences covered by the national security law will have a minimum sentence and police are expected to deploy up to 4,000 officers on Wednesday to deal with any potential trouble during the public holiday. And that's the news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, this Monday afternoon. Hope you all had a great weekend. It's a Monday and the 29th of June is today's date. First of all, many thanks to Phil for the morning brew. And we do have a very busy show for you. Just after half past one, we're going to hear a little bit more about how the season was cut short for the Hong Kong Philharmonic uh, due to a, one of Asia's uh, best-loved orchestra. And their season was cut short uh, due to COVID-19. And our colleague uh, Karen Ko will go and find out and talk to Benedict For, the CEO of the orchestra. Uh, that'll be in about 10 minutes or so. And uh, after two o'clock, we'll be joined by fitness coach Nathan Sawlier to talk about one of the most under underrated health factors that we often forget and that is hydration uh, it's very hot <laughs> it's very very hot these days so it's extremely important we stay hydrated and the different types of water uh, can have different uh, effects on our bodies so stay tuned uh, for Nate's chat after the two o'clock news and finally after 2.30 this week on Trash Talk Marcy Trent Long talks to Raymond Wong from the EPD about the government's online resources for recycling and of course we want to hear from you as well. If you have any thoughts or any comments, feel free to uh, join us at any time in the course of today's program. Our email address is 123show at rthk.hk. That's 123show at rthk.hk. You can also find us on Facebook, which is Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. Some great music coming your way. This is I Love to Move in Here by Moby. Thank you. 